So anyway, here we go. So uh, I was trying to think about also a topic. What did I want to talk about today? And uh, one one of the things I've been thinking about is how difficult it can be for us to make positive changes in our lives. Um, I think most people, if they're honest, have something about themselves or something about their life that they want to change. And yet we can start with all kinds of good intentions about what we want to change and find it difficult to change because there are so many obstacles that kind of get in our way. First off, we are creatures of habit, right? We have a tendency to do the things that we do um, uh, just kind of habitually and on autopilot. And that has to do not just with our daily routine, but we can habitually think in the same thought patterns. We can uh, habitually obviously have the same behaviors, even habitually have the same language. Some people can be so into a groove or so into a pattern that quite literally they keep everything the same. They go the same place for vacation if when they go on vacation or they go the same place every year for their anniversary or Valentine's Day. When they go to restaurants, they order the same meal at that restaurant every time. And there's nothing wrong with that. I can completely appreciate that. Uh, the fact that you like what you like, you, when you go somewhere, you know what you're going to get, you know you're going to have a good time. Nothing wrong with that at all. It's not what I'm talking about. I'm just trying to illustrate how much we do things habitually. Now, that's on the level of behaviors or p- patterns that we do. But let's look at, on, look at it in a deeper level at the level of uh, our thinking processes. So one of the things that we have to do with our brains or that our brains do for us is we bring a lot of assumptions and a lot of presuppositions to anything that we are doing. We have to presuppose certain things in order for anything to make sense. And this determines our paradigm. This determines the way that we look at the world. And those assumptions then can cause a habitual way of looking at something. Uh, It can cause an attitude that becomes habitual. So maybe I have a negative way of looking at myself, or maybe I have a negative way of looking at the world or other people. Maybe I have a negative way of looking at certain types of people. This is where bigotry and racism comes from, because we're bringing assumptions and presuppositions that we were either taught or based on a bad experience, and we bring it to a whole people groups or the whole situations. But it doesn't just have to be racism or bigotry with people. It can be, like I said, a negative outlook on money. It can be a negative outlook on I'm never able to get ahead in life. Nothing ever works out for me. People who are survivors of childhood trauma, consistent childhood trauma, consistent childhood abuse or difficulties, trauma, uh, have a tendency to be very negative and bring a negative outlook to situations and think, well, it's it's probably not going to work out. 
things never work out for me. They work out for other people, but they don't work out for me. And that can cause that kind of a negative thinking can cause people to miss opportunities because there's always going to be obstacles. There's always going to be difficulties. Things are never going to go exactly the way we want them to or exactly the way that they're planned. And most people are able to adjust to that, uh, meaning they keep their eye on the prize, so to speak. They keep going after the goal. And when something is a setback, they adjust to the setback, but they keep going. Someone who has suffered from childhood trauma, where the worst always did happen at home or or um, bad things did happen to them a lot, they can develop a frame of mind that says when they reach an obstacle, see, I knew it wasn't going to work out, works out for everybody else, but it doesn't work out for me. And that causes them to just give up and quit, right? And then miss those opportunities because they don't course correct or adjust and keep their eye on the prize. They just assume it doesn't work out for me. And they give up. And that can be a habitual uh, way of looking at things. It can be a habit pattern in the mind that then can make change very difficult. In fact, you can have beliefs and presuppositions about change. You can believe that change is hard or that uh, it doesn't matter what I try or what I change. It's never good enough. I can't change. And so those thought patterns can sabotage change as well. So all of this to say, the first obstacle to changing something in your life that you want to change or the first obstacle to bringing positive change in your life is habits. Not just habits of behavior, but habits of the mind. Ways of thinking. Second thing that can be an obstacle to change, depending on what you want to change, but the second obstacle can be other people. (laughs) And I'm not just talking about the difficult people in your life. I'm talking about the people that are closest to you. I'm talking about the people that love you and the people that you love. I'm talking about the people that you spend the most time with. For most people, relationships are based around needs, wants, and desires and getting those needs met. Now, there's nothing wrong with this. Uh, you would hope that relationships would develop past that point or beyond that point. But for a lot of people, it's just about, um, getting their needs met. And that could be as simple as, I just enjoy spending time with you. Uh, I like you because you have a good sense of humor. Um, I like you because we have some of the same interests and we can talk about stuff and, and have an enjoyable evening or afternoon conversation or we have the same hobbies or we like the same kind of activities. And so <clears throat> we develop a pattern of relating. Within the family, there's a pattern of relating. There's perceptions that we have of each other. There are roles that we play in each other, in each other's lives. And there is a relational system and pattern that begins to develop with the people that love us and the people that we love. So they're used to us or they're used to you 
be being a certain way, behaving a certain way, liking certain things, doing certain things. Now, if you have codependency patterns in your life, then it's quite possible that your relationships are built on codependency. And codependency means that you are doing for other people what they ought to be able to do for themselves. Uh, so the relationship then very much becomes one where you are filling a role in that person's life that that person needs. And if you get tired of filling that role or if you want to change something that's going to take away from them what they've been depending upon you to fulfill and to do for them, they're going to go nuts. They're going to go crazy. (laughs) Why would they want you to change? You've been doing for them all this time things that they could have and should have been responsible to do for themselves. And now you're not going to do that anymore. Of course, they're going to go nuts. Um, But it doesn't just happen in codependency. It can just be that you're making their life uncomfortable or uh, some people just aren't comfortable with change at all. Some people like that predictability. And so when you begin to change, anything significant that you change about your life can become a threat to other people in your life who are in relationship with you because it's going to take something away from them. It's not going to meet their need anymore. Or you just violate their sense of uh, certainty and predictability by acting in a different way. So <laughs> I just saw Jeremy's comment. I just saw Jeremy Colorelli. Some people need <laughs> some people need to take medication. Absolutely. Um <clears throat> absolutely true. Uh, and uh so yeah it just um <laughs> sorry it kind of threw me off. Um, it's a, it's a running joke that he and I have. So people in your life can prevent you from being able to make changes. People that you love, not just difficult people, not just, you know, people, people that you love, people that love you. They're not going to like it necessarily when you change. And that can disrupt the family system, that can disrupt a, a friendship or relationship system, and they can try to hold you in the old pattern that you were in. And so that makes it difficult to change. Habits make it difficult to change. People make it difficult to change. And then a third thing that can get in the way or be an obstacle to change is that it takes time. It can take time to change something. A uh, perfect example of this is someone who's overweight and wants to lose weight. Losing weight can be a real challenge because you didn't get to the weight that you are overnight. Now, I know there's lots of things like genetics and stuff like that involved with this and age and hormones and all that stuff. But just on the most basic level... Uh, you know, I certainly am heavier than I used to be. Uh, I suppose some of that is attributable to age, but I can look at my lifestyle and attribute most of the weight gain that I had. I've lost, um, some weight recently, but all the weight gain I've had, I think I can attribute to lifestyle because I have a very sedentary lifestyle. I sit and talk to people all day long. Um, for a living, 
um, I wasn't eating the best, especially um, with the pandemic, you know, just not eating good, healthy, whole food, eating a lot of junk food, eating a lot of fried food. I love, I love, you know, I really like fried food. <laughs> and I know that stuff can be bad for me. And I haven't been making it to the gym or walking or exercising. So, of course, I'm going to put on weight, right? So my weight then was the byproduct, the result of the patterns that were in my lifestyle. So my point is I didn't get that way overnight. So fixing that requires changing habit patterns. It requires doing something different, breaking old habits, creating new habits, but also it's going to take consistency with those habits over a fairly long period of time in order for weight to come off, right? That weight didn't get there overnight. That weight's not coming off overnight. Now, you can take that and apply that to just about any problem that you have in life or anything that you want to change in your life and realize that, you know, you didn't get here overnight, whether it's a toxic relationship, whether it's, uh, has to do with your health, whether it has to do with your money and your spending habits. <laughs> if you spend more than you earn, that's not going to work out for you very well. Um, so you may have to change some things about finances that you want to change. You didn't get into the financial shape you are overnight. If you've got a bunch of debt, and you can't make ends meet, chances are pretty good. You didn't get that way overnight. Now, again, I'm speaking very generally. I know there are bad things that can happen, loss of a job, health issue that you have no control over that takes you out from being able to work or causes high medical bills, that kind of stuff. So I, I'm not trying to be insensitive to that. I'm just saying that. As a general rule, things that are the byproduct of patterns and behaviors that we want to change, it's going to take a while before that change really shows up in our life. So if you want to change your financial situation, then that may not be necessarily be easy to do. You might have to spend less. You might have to cut some things out of your life that you enjoy, like that Starbucks cup of coffee or something. I mean, that can really add up. Over time, or you may have to get a second stream of income going, or you may have to go get some training for a new position or for a new job. If you don't like what you're doing, then there's always opportunities to go like never before, go back to a community college, go to a trade school. Uh, there are certain jobs that you can do that you just need to get a certificate for. Uh, so that's going to take some time. That's going to take some effort. It's going to take time away from other things before the dollars and cents start showing up in your bank account. <laughs> might take time before the inches come off of your waist. So we live in such a microwave society, right? That if you don't get it right now, if I don't see results right now, uh, 
if I don't see results next week, if I don't even see results next month that are up to my liking, then I can become discouraged and I can give up. And that can prevent me from making change. So change oftentimes requires not just breaking habit patterns and not just learning, uh, giving people time to learn who, who you are in the relationship now because you've changed, but it also takes time for that change to produce or bear fruit in your life. So when I think about obstacles to change, you guys may have some others, but those are three of the biggest obstacles to change. Habit patterns, not just behaviors, but the way we think. Other people not wanting us to change and time. So what are some things that we can do to sustain the process of change. I think that's important to realize that change is a process. What can we do to sustain the process of change when we're faced with these obstacles? And I think sometimes we fail when we try to make changes because we don't put the proper preparation in before we try to implement a change. So probably the most important thing, if you're going to make change and you're going to really make it work and you're going to make it sustained and lasting, probably the most important thing is to know that the change that you're making is something that you genuinely and authentically want. Most people, especially Christians, man, I just got to where, like, one of the things that I, I've done is I've taken hundreds of hours of training, if not thousands of hours of training over the years, from a Christian perspective of coaching and helping people, particularly in the Christian community, change. And I got so frustrated with coaching Christian people because I kept running up against this idea or this thing of, is this the will of God? This thing that I want, is it the will of God? Or is it right or wrong? Is it moral or immoral? And that was so frustrating to me because that's not sustainable. If I'm just doing something because I should, or I'm not doing something because I should not, I shouldn't, because of some external law or regulation or rule out there, and I'm not talking about like going out and breaking the law, I'm talking about, you know, people, should I take this new job, or I know I shouldn't feel this way about this person, or I know I shouldn't want out of this really toxic abusive relationship, but I do. I'm talking about that kind of stuff. Um, or I don't know if it's the will of God for me to stay in this abusive marriage or not. Or maybe God doesn't want me to make more money. Maybe I'm just being greedy and I should be content with what I have and all that kind of stuff. That's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. It was so frustrating, right? But we do have a tendency to do that. Is this something Good for me. Is this, is this right? Should I do this? Should I do this? And I think the most important question to ask when you're preparing to make change, when you want to change something in your life, you have to ask yourself, is this desire 
authentic. In other words, I'm not going to judge it as right or wrong, should or shouldn't, possible or impossible. I'm going to go into my heart. I'm going to think about this thing that I want or this change that I want to make. And I'm going to ask myself, is this desire authentic? Because if the desire is not authentic, you will not have the emotional sustenance or fuel to overcome these obstacles to change because they're not easy to overcome. Change takes time. Change takes effort. Change takes work. Change can disrupt your family system. It can disrupt your relationships, all kinds of stuff. So you got to make sure that it's something that you really authentically want. So the question is not is this desire right or wrong. The question is, is this desire authentic? And then is this desire, is this thing I want to change, is it powerful enough? Is it compelling enough? And this gets into really uh, sort of the pleasure versus pain principle in our lives. Is my life painful enough by allowing this thing to exist, by not making this change, whatever it may be, is my life painful enough? Is that situation painful enough for me? that I want to get away from it and that I want to change it and or is the goal that I'm setting going to bring me enough pleasure that I want to follow through and fulfill that? Is there going to be enough reward? Is there going to be enough return on investment? And so one of the most powerful things you can do for change after you've decided, is it authentic? And after you've decided that it's something you really want, uh, then you have to make the decision. And the word decision, if you notice, the root of it is scission. It means to cut. So you think of an incision or scissors or something like that. So decision means to cut off. So when I really decide something, and the reason it's hard and the reason we can be indecisive is because deciding requires that I cut off every other option. Or in other words, I I set my intention or I settle it. This is how it's going to be for me in my life. I want this change. It's authentic, and I want it badly enough. So I'm going to cut off every other option. I'm not going to go back. I'm I'm going to settle it. This is something I absolutely am going to do. I, I set my mind to it. And I think people skip those steps. They They skip. Uh, we just kind of sometimes go about change willy-nilly. So making a decision, because it has to do with cutting things off, also requires me to count the cost, right? To think about if I'm going to change this, what is it going to take? If I'm going to lose weight, I'm not going to be able to eat any old thing that I want. I'm going to have to watch my sugar intake. I'm going to have to uh, monitor you know, what, how, what I'm eating affects and impacts my insulin and my metabolism. I'm going to have to take time away from relaxation or family or whatever it is so that I can get more exercise so that I can get back in shape. So I start counting the cost. I'm going to have to cut out food. I'm going to have to cut out activities that are relaxing instead of, and, and, put effort into exercise and that kind of thing. So this is all the preparation stage, right? This is laying the foundation for the change that you want to have.
And then what I would suggest, once you've done those things, is that you begin to renew your mind to this. So if it's about getting healthy, then go out on YouTube or on the Internet. Just please make sure if you do this that you're getting reliable information from experts and not some wacky thing that somebody just put on to try to get a buck. So in other words, let's say weight loss is your goal. Stay away from crazy promises. If it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. If increasing your income is your goal, stay away from get rich quick schemes, schemes that don't require you to get training or perform or produce uh, through effort in whatever it is, right? You understand what I'm saying? But what I'm saying is the area that you want to change, learn about that area, even if you know about it. You, this is kind of the what we used to call uh, renewing the mind. I'm renewing my mind to think. This is where we're getting into those thought patterns and thought habits. I'm thinking about eating healthier. I'm thinking about exercising. I'm thinking about how I'm managing my money and how I might get out of debt and how I might make money off of investments or I'm, um, I'm thinking about these things. I'm learning about these things. I'm exploring what are some career options for me that maybe I haven't thought of before. What are some investment opportunities or business opportunities? Whatever the case may be. Or it could be relationally. Uh, so I'm going to read about what a healthy relationship looks like. Or it could be I want to feel better about myself. So I'm going to learn about self-esteem. I'm going to learn, <coughs> excuse me, about uh, the mind and how it works. Whatever the case may be. Uh, listen to things, <coughs> excuse me, books on audio, whatever, that is going to get you thinking in a healthier way, get you thinking in a better way, get you thinking and moving in the direction of change. Even if you don't do anything yet, uh, like even if you don't change your diet right away, whatever it is, right? And then lastly, what I'll say is this time peace and overcoming these obstacles is keeping the reward in front of you. In other words, attaching pleasure and reward to the outcome once you reach it. Uh, it may suck to work harder to change my career to make more money, or I may have to give up more time to get a second or third stream of income. If I focus on the work and I focus on the effort, then I'm probably not going to want to do it. But if I stay focused on, if I have X number more dollars, I can have things that I want to have or I can do things that I want to do or I can give more where I want to give. Whatever your motivation is, whatever is going to fire you up, right? So I have never been good at taking vacations, uh, but I've taken more time off in this last year than at any other time in my life. And we just went on a two-week vacation and had a great time. And so I came back and started thinking, I want to make more money <laughs> um, because I'd like to be able to do that more frequently. <laughs> I'd like more time off. I'd like to go see more places. I'd like to do more things. 
So that's an authentic desire. Uh, so then I've got to think about how am I going to accomplish this? Does this mean seeing more private paying clients? Does this mean producing classes and offering them online that maybe I'm going to sell? Does this mean, um, uh, anyway, I don't want to get too much into my personal financial stuff, but, um, does this mean, you know, buying rental houses and bringing income in through rent or what, whatever, right? However, I can do something to bring more money in, but I got to keep it attached to more freedom to do more things, to go more places, etc. So I'm keeping my eye focused on the reward. Losing weight, I want to feel better. I want to look better. I want to be healthier. I still have young boys that are coming into, you know, preteens, and I want to be active for them. I want to see my grandchildren. And my kids, you know, may not even have their kids till they're, if they choose to have kids. But if they do, I want to be able to see my grandchildren. So eating healthier, exercising, that's going to add longevity to my life, right? So those are the rewards that I'm keeping out in front of me. So psychological studies show that people who procrastinate, people who put off, people who are the tomorrow people, I'll do it tomorrow. Number one, they do it mostly out of anxiety. Uh, that the root cause of procrastination is not laziness. It's usually anxiety. Um a laziness isn't really a thing. It's, it's usually a lack of motivation or anxiety that causes us to be lazy. So, but what they found was people who procrastinate versus people who get stuff done is people who procrastinate focus on the pain that they have to endure in the task, and they don't think about the benefits and rewards of accomplishing the task. people who don't procrastinate, people who get stuff done, focus on the reward and focus on the benefit that they will get once the task is accomplished. So where's your focus? Most people aren't even consciously aware of this. But where is your focus? If you keep your focus on the benefit, you keep your focus on the reward and not so much on the cost the effort, the difficulty, then your efforts are more sustainable towards getting the change that you want to get, making the change you want to make. So anyway, I hope this was helpful to you guys. Um, Let's see, I can see the comments, not too many. Uh, I haven't been super consistent with this, so um, we'll see how it goes. But anyway, thank you, those of you that – tuned in for this. If you're watching by replay, thank you for watching by replay. And uh, whatever time it is for you, I hope it's great. And uh, I'll see you next week.